Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we have a delightful episode ahead of us. The topic tonight, the art of psychic distance healing. And our guest tonight is L.D. Porter. We're going to bring L.D. on, otherwise known as Larry, um, in just a minute. But I wanted to take an episode, uh, I wanted to take just a minute and and acknowledge um everybody involved in this show um behind the scenes uh Susan is the one that organizes the guests who schedules the shows that handles last minute cancels um Susan Susan is my right hand when it comes to um, making sure all the guests have the information they need and we have the information from the guests. There's the guests themselves, and we've had hundreds and hundreds of guests on this show as we talk about the the, um, the human potential of human consciousness. And, uh, and you, the listeners, um, you, the listeners, make it all turn. It, it's why we do everything we do. It's uh, um, it, it's such a delight and a pleasure for us to bring you episodes. So this is the last episode of 2018, and I just wanted to take a moment and and just acknowledge this process, this this co-creation, if you will, that we have all participated in, and I'm so honored to be part of that. It brings me such joy to to help be a vehicle for the awakening of humanity really so um with that said tonight's topic the uh psychic distant healing is is a curious thing if if you're new to this arena i like to think of the the notion of a human persona, a, a human being, if you will, is uh, is mostly, um, by the vast majority, an etherical, or in other words, an intangible personification of consciousness. Um, and yet we have our physical bodies. We have this flesh and bones. And so often in traditional medicine the flesh and bones is is treated as the totality of the dis-ease and as we've covered so many times on the show the the dis-ease is is uh, very common to be not related to the physical body but related to other events from our past that we haven't resolved i like to think of it as a whip where the tip, the tip of the whip that cracks is the physical body. In other words, that's the last thing to move. But if we back up the whip to the handle, that's raw consciousness. That's our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs. 
And where the handle goes, the tip follows. In other words, if I if I start accumulating incongruencies in my consciousness, depending on how energetically charged they are, at some point my body will have a physical symptom of that. And so, so if you're new to this this concept, it's um, um, remote uh, psychic distant healing is a very powerful platform for the healing of of consciousness and the dis-ease that is a consequence of that. Well, with that said, I think we can get to it now. The topic, again, is the art of psychic distance healing, and L.D. Porter is our guest. L.D., or Larry Porter, has helped thousands worldwide for over 30 years with psychic healing. He specializes in remote healing from a distance, for clients with severe and chronic illness using a process that he has referred to as body scanning, which involves looking at the client like a TV screen through which he can assess the client's physical, emotional, spiritual, and energetic functioning. In addition to his psychic healing practice, Larry has presented international workshops and summits. He's the author of two books, one of which is Awakening the Genesis Within, which teaches readers how to thrive in times of transformation. Larry is a classical musician by trade. For several years in the late 1990s, L.D. performed psychic healing alongside one of the most talked about healers in the country, Solomon Wiki, an Amish herbalist who has achieved a devoted following in Indiana and Ohio. According to L.D., Solomon used to call Larry his x-ray machine because Larry could see into areas of the body and function as a medical intuitive, so to speak. After more than 30 years of psychic healing practice, Larry juggles his time between composing music caretaking land, and tending to the healing needs of his devoted and loyal clientele. You can read more about Larry at his website, ldintuitive.com. And join me now in welcoming Larry to the show. Larry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Les. Good evening. It's it's, It's uh, always a it's always a pleasure uh, having people like you on the show as guests. Um, as I read in the introduction, um, you've been doing this uh, this uh, distance healing practice for 30 years. Um, at what part in your life did you first come across this um, this? Um, talent that you had? I mean, at what age was it? When did you discover this? Well, I think it was when I was very young. It was not a sudden breakthrough. It's something we grew up, maybe maybe even as toddlers. We, we feel things, we're very sensitive. I grew up on a farm, so I was close to animals and trees and so forth and felt these things. Um, I, I had uh, an emotional mother, which uh, created some trauma, and as we know, trauma increases a lot of times our depth and feeling. 
uh, our depth and sensitivity, our, our depth, if you will, in psychic awareness, and on and on even into uh, manipulation psychically uh, and mental thoughts and uh, working with thoughts and receiving thoughts of others and working with those. So uh, it really began as, as I was a very small child and and slowly growing up, and you felt this through high school, and of course no no peer group in high school. In college, I had a few peers that uh, felt like I did, and after college, I developed some true friends who were psychic, so-called, who did feel, and they were healers. Some of them were nurses, um, other types of practitioners, but they all felt and read and read people and uh, very sensitive to the present and the future and what was inside of a person. So this proceeded on. And in the 90s, I became acquainted with Solomon Wiki, the the Amish healer who I thought so much of. And um, I spent about two years with him, uh, two or three days every week watching him worked with clients, and I did some work with him also. And we uh, we saw a foundation there of a, a different type of healing than what we experience medically. Uh, we urge people to see their medical doctors, and we support medicine in every way. Uh, however, this is a different viewpoint, uh, religious, if you will. Uh, we call it spiritual, so we don't interfere with any medical practices. And through this, we can influence, uh, many times we've seen an influence of um, disease improvement. Uh, We see improvements in pain, uh, many, many illnesses. So um, since the 90s, uh, I have been more public uh, working with websites, and I literally work around the world. Some days I'll be in China, um, San Francisco, and Houston. Uh, I'll, I'll do two to four appointments a day on the phone, and distance seems to not matter. Uh, I have quite a few clients in Australia. Distance simply does not matter. Time seems to be non-existent. It's as if they're right there in front of me. Uh, Now, I do not use pictures. Uh, I want the total abstraction, and this comes to me. So basically, since the 90s, I've been doing this sort of work. And uh, we continue, and the work gets stronger. We're working into uh, working with groups now. I can tell you more about that later. Well, um so when you talk about working with the client, you talk about distance and time not really having an effect. When um, when you work with a client, I mean, just in a general sense, um, how do you perceive um, what ailments they might have? In in other words, if somebody comes to you and and you start a session. How do you uh, tune in or or how does that information present itself to you? 
It's different with almost every client. Sometimes when they send me an email, I get an impression, a thought impression or a feeling impression of what might be happening. Uh, Sometimes we might see um, a father who has passed who is influencing the person. More times than not, uh, it is the uh, physical reality, the actual physical environment they're in, Uh, and it may be a disease. Uh, it might be a broken arm, uh, it might be cancer, whatever. A lot of times we have a perception of that, a feeling of it, even before we start. However, I always like to start the session with hearing about what uh, the doctors have said, evaluating that. Uh, We don't judge that. We don't give an opinion about that. Uh, We're there to support the doctors and certainly to support the client. A lot of times, based on a diagnosis or whatever, we can go in and see more of the subject. And the longer I work with a subject, the more in-depth we go in each session, usually the more things we can see. So uh, we may begin with a feeling that there may be a problem with circulation. And later in the session, we may actually see some areas where their clogged arteries or, or so forth. So that that's a little bit of an example of, of what some of the sessions sometimes uh, in essence are. Um, do you notice uh, a correlation be- between um, uh, the environment of the client? And, and now w- when I say environment, I mean... Uh, like a like a spiritual client uh, environment or a, a emotional, for example, if if they're in a difficult relationship uh, with a spouse or a boss or something, and and that relationship is caustic, um, do you see that or other similar situations like that actually? translating the physical uh, illness or disease within the person? Oh, yes, Man, many times. Um, we we have the simple everyday uh, concept of stress. Everyone knows that stress causes problems. It may start with an ulcer or it may result in poor circulation on and on. That's just one example Um and then, of course, the, the stress in the body can be caused, uh, I, I believe a great amount of it can be caused from spiritual aspects. Uh, it can be caused by thoughts of other people you're around, and you're simply not aware of it. Uh, uh, this is where our subject of the empath comes in, that uh, many of us have empathic feelings, and a lot of times we're not aware we need to protect ourselves from this but it will cause illnesses within the body, disorders or disease, as you say. And so um, our work many times will go back to the origin point. Uh, It allows us to see an origin point. Um, The cause of a cancer might actually have been a car wreck 20 years ago uh, or uh, 40 years ago, the person had rape and abuse, and 
now it's coming out in the form of a cancer. Um, we we also see uh, mental disorders, stresses, etc., which may have taken ten or fifteen years to develop, uh, causing a chronic addiction or. Uh, certainly physical pain, uh, physical issues. Yes. So when, uh, uh, say, for, uh, you gave an example, as an example, of perhaps a car accident um, 20 years prior. So what is it about yes. ourselves that um, doesn't get healed, if you will? Because what I'm curious about is, is so um if we go back 20 years and there's the event of a car accident um and and in the west they throw them on a gurney and take them to the hospital and and um fix them up and send them on their way but if 20 years later that event shows up as a a discord or a, a an illness what didn't happen in the healing process 20 years ago that made it, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but fester or or compound itself to the point that 20 years later it shows up as a, a dis-ease? Yes, uh, very important there. Uh, anytime... There is a cut in the body. There is a jarring in the body, a fall, whatever. I, I saw a hip problem with a lady not long ago. And uh, it turned out several years in the past she'd been horseback riding. Uh, that set into motion a compression there, a trauma. Not just a physical compression, but it, it set into a trauma there into the hip. Uh, the trauma needed to be released. And, and the trauma is, I guess if we knew the perfect definition of trauma, we could do more with it. And, of course, it's different with everyone. Uh, it's not an openly physical being. Trauma is an innate, below subconscious. It's a subliminal level within the body. There are many practitioners in different fields that deal with this trauma, and it is very important to be released. Uh, many times it cannot be known with the conscious mind. Uh, it has to be gone in subconsciously and triggered to release. Other times it can be talked about. Therapists can release it in that form. So one of our goals is to see the trauma, and release it. For me, it comes if there's a trauma. Uh, not always. Um, but it comes that we need to go there and deal with that event and see that event and realize it. And uh, once it's realized, a lot of times that alone can help release it. But it can cause well, a calcification in the body and, and so forth, many, many illnesses, arthritis resulting and so forth. So, yes, go, go ahead, please. Well, you, um, um, you talk about the event um, 
uh, imprinting the subconscious. And of course, yeah. by by its very nature, it's subconscious. It's off the radar. Um, yes. What what can we do as as humans if we if we're not if we don't have that psychic perception, if you will? Um, is there any practices we can do by ourselves that? Because um, it almost seems like um, if we go through a traumatic event, a car accident, etc., and we have these um, imprints, if you will. Um, how can we uh, better educate ourselves uh, collectively about this this um, element of imprinting that can can compound itself over time and show up as a disease later? I mean, what wh- what would change in our education where we could go through an event, a car accident, as terrible as that can be, but to completely resolve it? Um, in the wake of it and not, you know, a, a decade or two later when it shows up as some other form of uh, ailment. Yes, well, of course, uh, counselors are there, practitioners are there that specialize in certain in-depth practices. Um, uh, the most simple thing that we ourselves can do alone is is meditation. <clears throat> Meditation allows us to go deeper, to get below a lot of the consciousness and uh, go into the subconscious. Um, I I have friends who are hypnotherapists uh, that can take us down to these levels. Uh, I myself am not a hypnotherapist, and I I don't go in that direction. Uh, Things come to me about the person, and we, we bring them out, and... Sometimes uh, one session can be very emotional. Uh, it can release what they may have felt when they were a six-year-old child in, in a traumatic situation, and all of a sudden it's realized and uh, the body is automatically triggered and, and the emotions are automatically triggered to release. So um, sometimes we, we do a lot of this in one session. Others... Uh, series of sessions a little bit at a time Uh, and I myself may realize just a small fragment of what is going on the first session and as sessions proceed we go more in depth and I uh, see more of the person and more in depth of the person so more can be realized in terms of uh, healing this and releasing this I see does some of the imprinting happen in um, in past lives? I mean, do we bring um, disorder um, from one lifetime to another? Oh, yes. I think that's very, very definite. Uh, I do think past lives concept is oversimplified. I, I think if we knew the reality of what really went on with karma and past lives, we would not be able to understand it because we simply do not have the intellect. The human intellect cannot understand uh, the universal perspectives of all of this. However, we get inklings, and past lives do set up a format, do set up a patterning. Uh, As someone said, uh, we're all born with a different type of rose-colored glasses we're wearing. 
And these rose-colored glasses not only affect our world view from childhood on, uh, they affect our world uh, external actions, our emotions. You know, do, do you think Beethoven really developed this after birth? He had to be born with something he carried over through him and the other great people and the other people who are great that we never hear of. Most of us are great people. We're just not well known. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Well, could you see a correlation between um, generational cycling? In other words, uh, what might be perceived as a, a hereditary um, dis-ease is actually a psychic um, uh, continuation from the past that um, soul clusters, i.e. families, um, share. So, so what I'm getting at is um, perhaps someday we'll discover that what we thought were um, hereditary uh, disease from genetics was actually not hereditary from genetics, but from the lineage of karmic imprinting of past lives? Yes. Uh, I personally would sort of like to separate genetics, DNA, all of that, which I know is relevant and has its very important place, I'd like to separate that from spirit. And, of course, past lives, we're dealing with spirit that carries through and the soul that carries through. And uh, this is some of what we talk about in in our our group uh, meditations is that we're, we're getting out of the body and going just into the soul, trying to remove ourselves back are above the body into spirit only, what it is to exist without form or function, without any physical sensitivities, and then we can realize our essence much easier. Right, I I like that. Like, uh, for myself, um, I look at um, my family dynamics. I'm I'm the father of of kids, and of course I have my parents, and at some point my kids will have kids. And I look at the yes. um, kind of the uh, mechanics of the um, uh, psychology. I don't know if that's the right word, but just kind of the the karmic momentum, if you will, because. Because my parents had quite a bit of uh, uh, karmic imprinting from their past. Uh, my dad was in World War II, and and yes. I, I know they had a lot of momentum, if you will, or um, imprinting. And then I come into my my persona, and then I have my kids. I've been trying to really wrap my noggin around the the lineage of what's transpiring in front of me with my own print imprinting my my parental my parents imprinting and then 
what my kids will carry on, and I I, I want to be a generation of healing, a generation of resolution that kind of pull out of the the um, heaviness or the weight, if you will, of of that kind of um, yes. generation to generation imprinting. Um, when you when you work on a client, do you um, do you see like a, a generational lineage of like their parents had it and they had it kind of thing? Yes, uh, it it's a popular thing these days to say uh, everything is hereditary. If we have a disease or issue, well, this was hereditary, and then we want to know. Uh, the history, the family history, and the father and mother and so forth, whether they had strokes or whatever. That is all very true, of course, very, very valid. However, we want to go beyond that, and there are other influences. And these other influences are the soul, the spirit, and those are realizations we need to take on. Uh, We need to be responsible for knowing these not just accepting uh, factual scientific explanations, which are valid, but they don't cover the entire realm of existence. And, of course, we'll never know the entire realm of existence, but we do know past life and spirit has a direct influence on us. It is our first and foremost guide. Everything else is around that. It is the core of us, the core of our being, and the surrounding environment, the surrounding physical influences, um, the hereditary uh, physical development of our bodies. A lot of that is hereditary, DNA, etc. influence. However, we have the core that guides us into our specific interests. Right, I like that. Our core that guides us. So, um, so I heard uh, insanity is hereditary in that we get it from our children. (laughs) 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 Well, well, if we talk about this. Well, we're talking about some pretty heavy stuff here, so I, I don't want to get too uh, bent about it. <laughs> uh, I'm very fortunate. I, I get uh, my sanity from my daughter. Oh, very uh, nice. It's, it's kind of reverse. She She's the stable force. But anyway, um, first, first we look at our definition of insanity. Uh, someone once said, you know, if you want to see all the wisdom in the world and the truths in the world, uh, go to an asylum and, and talk to those who've been committed because you will find out the true essence of the world from them. Uh, everyone else living normally, so-called, in everyday society, uh, we're, we're all doing a, something of a facade in order to function well and to appear sane. So uh, our our insanity uh, may be a truthfulness, and uh, sanity might be a persona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, I've heard that uh, I want to say Native American uh, medicine men, and I hope that's accurate. I reserve the right to be wrong. That uh, that said that uh, quote insane people unquote people that our society locks up is actually people that are here as healers, and and it's it's their discord um, within themselves that that affords them the mechanism or modality of resolving um, the discord in and of itself. So they're literally a gift to society. And we heard them up yes. and put them in a, in a hospital. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. And... Uh, uh, I'll admit this about myself. Maybe they won't lock me up yet. Um, I, I hear voices. Uh, a lot of what I say, uh, simply words that come to me uh, in sessions, uh, words, terms come to me, voices, sentences, whatever. Um, I feel like I work with a group of people. Uh, I'm not sure who, uh, some ideas. I always use a collective we when we work because I feel it's a group working through me. Uh, but I hear voices, and uh, I assume everyone thinks like this. Uh, a well-respected attorney, attorney, a very close friend of mine, we were discussing one day, and uh, uh, I, I was saying, well, I, I hear this, and I hear this, and this, and this. And she says, you hear voices? And I said, you don't? So, uh, (laughs) um, a lot of my work does come from information that just enters my head in terms of language, words, sentences, whatever. Well, sure. Well, you know, um, for example, we had Paul Selig on the show a few weeks ago, and he channels, he flat out channels, which is that conduit of... And and uh, he conveys it straight into books, and his, the languaging of his books is considerably different from him as a guest. So I I would think I'm just thinking out loud that um, our guardian angels. I mean, if you want to put a tag or symbol on them to associate with them in some fashion, these these uh, deities or personas, if you will. Um, have a perspective very much like you do when you work on somebody. You're you have the ability to perceive at a at a clarity that isn't as common with um, the rank and file of humanity, if you will. And the we that you talk about when you talk about we are these personas that have a, a perspective or a. a an awareness, if you will, of much more of the totality of who we are as a, a personification of consciousness. And, and, and in other words, like I was saying in the introduction of the show, there's so much of us as a, a being, as a human energy persona, if you will, that is etherical. And, and so these, these um, guests or... Um, the collective, if you will, that works with you, um, what compassion they have, what uh, 
what uh, lineage of service to to work with you, Larry, for decades and help be a vehicle of of helping humanity heal itself. I mean, that, that's a powerful uh, archetype right there. Well, thank you. Um, I don't think I'm special. Uh, we all have doors to open. Uh, I have a few doors that are open. Other people have more doors open. We all have the ability, I believe, to perceive these things and much, much more. Uh, there are many great healers out there who, of course, do perceive more and who make uh, even more major changes. Um, we're we're in the world here. I see us as all healing. Uh, it's a type of evolution. You could call it evolution, spiritual evolution. We're all healing. Uh, it's manifest in the physical, and it's also manifest in the spirit and the soul and the soul development. Um, Beethoven, his his original pieces sounded a lot like Mozart. And by the time he was 50 and in his tra- tragic phases when he was deaf, his music was a whole other realm. Of course, I use music examples, my, my trainings in classical music. Uh, but that evolution, just simply that Beethoven went through, from simple uh, childlike uh, Mozartian melodies to some of the greatest realms, the deepest realms that music uh, and its expression is ever known uh, when he was 50 years old. I think we all go through these types of evolutions, and I think the world is is in terms of that evolution. And I think back of the example many people use of the aspen trees. Uh, I, I'm here in the mountains in Colorado, and I see the beautiful aspens growing on the side of the mountain and all of these many, many trees. And I, I'm told they come from the same root. They're basically the same tree. And I see that as the peoples of the world. And the peoples of the world are all growing at different levels. Their bark is different. Uh, their leaves turn at different colors and different varieties. Their branches branch out in different directions. Some have stunted growth. Others are strong, great trees I see the peoples of the world are evolving much like aspen trees growing on the side of a mountain, and yet they all have the same root, uh, the old concept of we are all one. Yes. Right, I like that. Well, the well, you talk about the evolution of consciousness, of, of the the evolving, if you will, of ourselves. And you talk about the core of us, the deeper core of us. And um, what, what, do you think the, the paradigm um, that humanity's going through now, I, I mean, it, a lot of people see humanity going through a kind of a deep transformation in these years that we're clicking through here. I mean, if you go back not very far at all, 
I mean, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and and life was pretty linear back then. You go back to the 50s, and life yes. was a flipping straight line as far as yes. the collective. I mean, we we had one tribal mind, and and so now you talk about a grove of aspen trees, and some are um, thwarted from growth, and others are thriving. If we take that analogy to our human condition now, and and we see so much uh, upheaval in the collective consciousness, so much um, yearning for a a more authentic story, a a deeper truth, if you will, and then you have the idea of individuals going through their own microcosm of healing from their past to connect it with the deeper self in their core. Do you see um, kind of an, an, a new beginning, if you will, or a new layer of consciousness in the everyday person that is, that is being blossomed out of, of this upheaval? I think that's a result a resolution of things. I think our basic tendency is to want to return to our core so we can feel at home. And within this home, we can expand and naturally produce our own selves, naturally produce our essence, uh, whether it be in the arts, healing, sciences, whatever. Uh, it will produce a true story of our core. And uh, ironically, I think uh, we we tend to uh, govern our perspectives by American and modern society. And, uh, of course, that's not accurate at all. Uh, So much commercial, corporate-based influence, uh, which is inhumane, if you will. our basis is the core, the spirituality. And I think the eventual evolution, ironically, is to return to maybe the way the Native Americans saw things, their existences, their perception of spirit. Uh, I have a friend who is in Peru many times uh, with shamanic people and to return to those concepts or lack of concepts and the spirituality involved and the reality of spirit. Um, spirits are real, and spirits do influence. And that would probably lead us on to our next uh, idea of healing, that uh, healing manifests itself physically but it is from spiritual realms many times that this influence happens. We can influence, I believe, cellular behavior many times, not all the time. Uh, we, we can influence disease. Uh, we can move the flu or cold around in a body. Um, we can reduce pain and so forth spiritually and mentally. So this is a perhaps a, an evolution, a revolutionary evolution with society 
into returning to what is the core and the basis. And, of course, we all hope we can go there and arrive spiritually at what we truly are. I like that. Very well said. Beautiful. Um, well, the it, it's this is not Larry. These these are just words that that show up in my mind. <laughs> I don't take credit well, for this. Um, well, that, that was beautiful. So if it's bad, um, I don't take credit for it either. <laughs> oh, nice to get out of uh, you got a clause there that you can take one exactly. Step to the left. <laughs> <laughs> well, the you know when I when I contemplate what heaven on uh, on earth would look like, what would heaven on earth look like? Um, it it's pretty quick to realize that whatever heaven on earth is, it would be compatible with nature. It would be compatible with life force so, yes. life force energy. When you yeah. go into nature, nothing, I mean, everything, for the most part, tsunamis are part of nature, so it doesn't apply in every single moment. Yeah. But if you go in the forest, and and all of life is at ease with itself. And what strikes me about it is there's no anxiety about the continuity of life. I mean, the tree is the tree, uh, and everything is at ease. To, uh, complete and total ease in the moment where you look at the human persona and the flippant ego is worried about making mortgage yes. payment and uh, crap, I, you know, I'm my body's falling apart and I hope I don't get this or that. And, and there's so much anxiety, if you will, about the continuity of time. That so I, 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 that just doesn't exist in nature. So I like what you've, you've said about Going back to the to the examples that uh, have been set for us from previous generations, uh, the Native Americans, as you've expressed. Um, well, we we got about uh, ten minutes left. Um, when you take a step back and look at your clients over a, a, a large swath, do you see um, common, simple things that are elusive to them? In other words, um, humanity has a tendency to um, perhaps not address their stress. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you see ailments that are relatively simple to deal with that uh, many people don't recognize? Uh, a lot of times. And uh, it was it's like, gosh, why didn't I think of that? Um, uh, a few months ago, I, I had a man that suffered from a, a extreme, uh, it was a, a type of erosion, I don't use medical terms, uh, a type of erosion in the esophagus and uh, the trachea, uh, a type of skin erosion, or it was dissolving the skin uh, in his cheeks and mouth. And the doctors could not find a reason, uh, no reasoning whatsoever. And I had one or two sessions with him 
and it came to me to ask him about his work. And what kind of work do you do? Well, I'm a custodian. I, I do cleaning. And what kind of chemicals are you around? Oh, well, uh, paint stripper primarily and uh, other uh, erosive chemicals. Right. Um, that's an example of, gosh, why didn't I think of that? That probably could be the cause of all this. It is 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 the chemicals he was exposed to, and um, then of course uh, many many uh, illnesses and issues are caused by uh, poor diets and just people not being aware of of good diet and and for instance what sugar white flour etc frying uh, that can do to a body over time. Uh, cause all kinds of problems and uh, if they change their diet I'm not a dietitian I don't recommend diets but I bring these things out asking them to research it and to perhaps go to a dietitian uh, seeing that this this could be a cause of, of major issues within the body so very apparent things but sometimes we never think about it or we're not educated uh, in these areas to think of it. Right. Well, yeah, simple things um, that that are right in front of us, and yet we ignore them day in and day out. I like that. Um, well, let's talk about uh, your practice then. So you work with clients, um, like over the phone, do you Skype? Um Tell us about what a session would look like with you. Normally, a session is just over the phone. Uh, I find if I have a picture, it's distracting. I know if I'm going to present myself, I'll at least comb my hair. Uh, I I don't want people to comb their hair before they see me uh, or talk to me. Uh, I want to view them as they are, and I'm out to see the inside of the body. So the exterior many times can be distracting. Uh, we can have beautiful physical people, and uh, they can have all kinds of illnesses going on in their body. So I, I want to avoid seeing them. Uh, I want the picture of their inside body to come to me, um, whether we may see imprints, we may see dark areas where there may be some issues and so forth. Some of this we we do in the uh, universal body meditation for groups, and I can tell you more about tuning into those. But uh, our our session usually is close to an hour. We our first time is hearing about the issues verbally, hearing about uh, the medical opinions and so forth. This keeps me versed. I like to hear details about this. MRI, so forth. I'm not trained with this, but it helps me get a view of what we're dealing with. Uh, and then we go from there. We may deal with with tumors or uh, uh, blockages in the body, uh, poor kidney function, whatever. And we can go to these areas and uh, wake them up 
psychically, so to speak. Right. Well, you talk about group meditation. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, this came to me about two years ago. Uh, if I can have such an effect or if we can have such an effect on a group, uh, on an individual, wouldn't it be great if we could do this with a group of people, not just one person at a time? So we started having groups and it came to me to, to, to start what we would call a universal body meditation. This way we had a body that everyone was aware of and this body was perfect and everyone could tie into it. If we had 50 or 100 people focusing all on a teleconference situation on this same body, then not only would they see perfection from that body into their own, but we would have the power of a group, the power of an entire group, their energy going into creating this perfect body, and then people could draw from it. Uh, that's sort of the basic idea of what we're doing with the groups now, and we call it the universal body meditation. So we're, we're doing those again uh, Actually, I think we have uh, two we've just come out with on YouTube, recordings of two recent ones. Uh, and Sherry, her wonderful, uh, she has such a knowledge in many healing practices, uh, has been moderator for these. And um, uh, we have those in, on YouTube. They'll be coming out very soon. And if you'll... Stay tuned to our website. Uh, we have newsletters that will come out and announce these. You can just go to those on YouTube and see what they're about. Um, yes. th there was one aspect um, that I wanted to touch on, and that's the idea that um, sometimes the life path was chosen by the soul to go through a dis-ease and that um, um, the disease has a lesson behind it or or a purpose or a function at the soul level. Um, it, in other words, when when you go to <clears throat> excuse me, when you go to work with people, um, sometimes uh, you might see something, but it's there for a purpose or a reason. is does that make sense? Oh, yes, many times. That's a very, very good question, and many people ask this. Uh, what if you have someone and you feel they're supposed to have this disease, and it's it's their time to go? I have many people in near-terminal situations, uh, very serious illnesses, and sometimes they can turn around and sometimes not. And uh, if they don't turn around, it's our job to uh, make it easier to ease the pain, and we often are able to do that. Um, as far as life purpose to live out or express a particular spiritual uh, direction, uh, we all suffer. We all suffer. Uh, it's, it's part of living. We also have our rewards, which are part of living. We, we also 
all have our joys. And I believe it is all this flux of ins and outs and ups and downs which create our spirituality even deeper. It gives us a deeper soul to work with. That way, when we do go on, we have more experiences which are deeper and provide a deeper soul for ourselves. Uh, I know that's an old concept and uh, one which I I feel is true. Uh, again, I go back to Beethoven. Uh, his music was very shallow at the beginning when he was a child, and through all of his treacherous uh, uh, turmoils and difficult life, he produced some of the greatest, most in-depth music in the world. So um, maybe that answers your question as to what I see. Well, I like that. Um, You know, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to make sure the listeners know how to get in touch with you. Um, Can can you share with us uh, how somebody can get a hold of you? Yes, uh, we use the website because it's simple and uh, it's designed to give me information. You can write me simple briefs uh, through the website. Uh, There's no charge for that. We like to communicate. I wish I could communicate with everyone on the phone. However, before you know it, we've talked for 30 minutes or an hour about someone's illness and on the phone, and I could have been working with someone for 30 or minutes or an hour on the phone uh, for improvements. So uh, I have to limit my phone conversation. I will ask you instead just to go to the website, which is ldintuitive.com. The LD, uh, those are my first initials. Uh, I tell people they can remember Larry Donald intuitive.com it's ldintuitive.com so I don't have a phone number uh, due to just not having time to talk with everyone sure uh, you Larry, can sign up for a newsletter on that on that website and uh, we we will keep you informed well, I like that. And they could probably find out about uh, upcoming group meditations. Yes, if if you sign up, uh, we should be sending out notices from time to time about these meditations and other events like, like this one. Uh, our, our contact list received notice of uh, this interview with you, Les. Well, very nice. Well, Larry, I want to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. We've been talking with uh, L.D. Porter, Larry Porter, and the topic tonight has been the art of psychic distance healing. You know, the, the turmoil that we're seeing in the collective consciousness that's raw opportunity. There's uh, Your soul saw your life path before you were even born. Your soul knew the dynamics of this upheaval that the collective is going through. And to recognize your piece of the, the puzzle, your part in this collective story, is always a very powerful thing to do, to get clarity about that, to get... Um, 
sincere about that, authentic about it, and then show up for it. To fulfill your life purpose is um, an arena of deep satisfaction and a deep sense of fulfillment. So, hey, you've showed up for yourself by listening to this episode tonight. Um, We love to bring uh, inspiring conversation by people who are shaping the the direction of human consciousness here on this planet. I'm your host, Les Jensen. It's always a pleasure. As our last episode comes to a close, thanks for listening. Talk to you next year. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.